Hi, you're watching Young Female Entrepreneurs Live. I'm your host for this evening, Jennifer Dono, and this is part of YoungFemaleEntrepreneurs.com, which is an entrepreneurial community for women in their 20s and 30s. And tonight's guest for the live stream, we have two guests. They are the creators of City Slips, Katie Shea and Susie Levitt, and so excited to talk to them. Their product has been featured on everything from The View, Cosmopolitan Magazine, to Forbes and Inc. And they're two young women that met in college and created a product that a lot of us, their peers, their uh, young female entrepreneur peers, need. They're, I mean, what they do is they roll out. Um, you're able to store them in your purse and take them out as you're walking and your feet are in pain from your heels. You're running from meeting to meeting in the city. You can store your heels in a bag that pops out of the little pouch and then put on comfy shoes while not having to drag your heels around. And let me tell you, I wish I knew about this product last summer. I do remember having bloody feet at one point running around Washington, D.C. and so embarrassed. I bought flip-flops at like the local drugstore or like a, one at the corner and there were two sizes too small and I showed up to a meeting holding my heels. So embarrassing. And so I wish I would have known about this product. But anyway, we're going to welcome in in just a couple minutes. I wanted to let you know that on the live stream that we do every week here at 6 p.m. Pacific 9 Eastern I am on the live chat so if you have questions for Susie or Katie definitely chat them in over to me tonight's theme is headlines so we're going to be bringing in a few topics that is in the um that you've seen in the press in New York Times a couple other little outlets little I <laughs> say very large outlets so big headlines that affect young female entrepreneurs and we're going to bring it into um, Susie and Katie's story and how they found in their company and what that looks like on a daily day a day-to-day basis so again I'm on the live chat if you have questions as we go feel free to put them in there and I'll make sure to field them over to them and if I miss your question just repost it and I'll try and post it over to them to, to send it over to them so a couple of housekeeping tips or points uh, young female entrepreneurs has a book club right now that's happening thanks to the moderators Jessica Newell and Morgan Hatton and you can find out more about that at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com they're reading an awesome book for creatives it's all about getting ideas out on paper and making it happen um, so go ahead and go check that out it's totally free everything we do at YFE is totally free and it's all geared to bringing young female entrepreneurs together to meet each other to partner up and to help one another grow their businesses so Apart from that, Erin of Well in LA has a in real life meetup that's happening down in Los Angeles in July. Again, go to youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com to click on the meetup tab and find out more about her event. Her last one, craziness. Tons of young female entrepreneurs showed up. Um, they all came away with some awesome swag and um, made some new friends. <laughs> so anyway, um, before I go on and on about, yep, that's Erin. Gorgeous. So before I go on and on about what's happening at YFE, because I literally could go on and on. There's so many fun things that are coming down the pipeline. I want to introduce in our guests of City Slips, who some of you might have checked out over on youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. Let me see if I can pull it up here. You guys can see my computer. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, this is youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. As you can see, I totally deconstructed the site where... <laughs> Part of the thing that we're doing, um, we are creating a new youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com site. New branding, all sorts of fun stuff's happening. But anyway, beside the point. So as I was saying, uh, Katie and Susie of City Slips have been featured in tons of media outlets. And it all started when they were in going attending NYU. They were seniors, built this company up, and it's now surpassed a $1 million sales mark. So let's go ahead and introduce them on and hear more about why they started City Slips. 
Welcome. Welcome. So, so we've got, got Katie, Katie on right now. And then, and then we have Susie. We're, We're on, on a Google Hangout. In case, in case you guys, guys don't, don't know what Google Hangout is, is. It's, it's just through um, Google Plus. And so it's going to pop them over when Susie says something. We love Google Hangouts, actually. We use it all the time for internal meetings when we all can't be together and um, it's a great tool in fact they actually have some pretty cool additions um, back around holiday time they added Christmas hats and mustaches so it really makes the whole <laughs> oh, I think we lost her there for a second yeah for a second so um, one of there you go. So one of the bummers of doing Google Hangout is that it's not always super up depending on what what's going on with your internet. So if we pause out, you guys, I'll make sure that we bring them in as quick as we can. Um, no now, worries. so let's go ahead and hear a little bit about Katie and Susie and how they started City Slips. So City Slips is born out of necessity. Katie and I are both five foot two. We're not the tallest girls that you'd find around Manhattan. And after nights out in the high heels and going to internet, realized there was really a need for that. But Katie, oh, are like you in? <laughs> I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish up. Okay. Um, so, um, basically, you know, we were actually on the kind of finance Wall Street path. I was interning at Goldman Sachs, and Susie, Susie was at Citigroup, and so we were wearing these heels um, all day. Then we'd be meeting up with our friends and, you know, going to dinner, going to a party. Before we know it, it's midnight, and we were stumbling back to our, you know, Union Square apartments almost in tears. Um, and both of us had pretty entrepreneurial backgrounds, and we would... We met, we did a kind of backwards. We would meet once a week and not really know what we wanted to do yet, but we knew that we wanted to start a business. And, you know, one night she's like, you know, there has to be something we can do to fix this issue of, you know, your feet killing you when you've been wearing high heels for a long time. And we did some research. We didn't really find any options out there that we liked. So we used our senior year at NYU to make the business plan um, through actually a course at NYU and then enter some business plan competitions um, that ultimately ended up in us uh, launching the company two weeks after our finals. So not much of a break there. No, not much of a break at all. My goodness. So you launched the company. Why? I mean, apart from all of that, um, the ex how did you guys meet, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We actually met through a mutual friend that was also very entrepreneurial. He was, you know, another young student at NYU, and he recognized both in Katie and myself that... I think he knew that we would own your own Right, and that's who kind of made the connection. Um, but a lot of people think that Katie and I have been, you know, friends since we were, uh -oh. you know, age four, or even sisters. So it's really been a great opportunity, um, but we've also just have been able to build the relationship over the past couple of years through our business. 
albeit friendship, as well as business business partnership. Wow, that's pretty cool. So now, Susie, we're having some issues with your connection. It's going in and out. So Katie jumps in every once in a while, and it'll pop in. Um, so sorry about that for everyone that's watching, but we'll try and stay on top of it and make sure that your questions get answered still. Um, so going into that, so we talked a little bit about why you guys started the company. And now we're going into a few headlines part of it. And I'm going to try and pull in some of your experience in answering them. So the first headline, and I have a screenshot of this too, is the AOL squatter piece. Now, for those of you that are in the chat room, have you heard of this guy? You'll have to chat it in. Um, I am on the chat room if you're just showing up now for the Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream that happens every week here at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at overlay.tv slash live. Um, so the the headline is, um, it's one of the, I think it's the first news um news screenshot that I have in there. It's a 20-year-old guy that um, had access to the AOL offices and he threw an incubator for building his education software. And I don't know if it was during the incubator or after the incubator. He didn't have any money. He's trying to grow this company and he lived in AOL. Um, he got kicked out by some kind of manager or something like that halfway through. And uh, now he's using it as uh, a press opportunity, basically, and sharing the news. And it sounds like AOL's not too happy about it. So with this, um, with the headline, I know that you ladies have um, got the link for it and know of the, the story. Tell us about what your startup environment looked like. Did you, were you building, you were talking about your finals and how it was pretty hectic at that point. What did it look like when you were first starting your company? I, I assume you weren't in like the AOL offices. No, <laughs> no. Our, our first office was Susie's apartment, her kitchen slash living room. <laughs> That's like where we had, we had uh, actually two desks in her bedroom and then we had interns at her kitchen table. Um, and I, I actually loved this story, probably not so much how AOL is feeling about it, but I think it kind of encompasses kind of the hustle of an entrepreneur who believes in his in his idea and is willing to do whatever it takes to get it done. Seriously. Um, so I, I kind of loved it. I loved kind of reading about this story. It was very funny. So did the interns have anything to say? Did they think this was a normal thing to come to someone's apartment and build a business out of... Out of the sink, the kitchen sink, or something like that. I mean, <laughs> you know, what did that I look like? It was as normal as we thought it could be. Katie and I are both pretty green in terms of <laughs> professional um, management experience. So, so I think you know, for us, it was normal, and we basically passed that on to anyone that was coming in. So we didn't really think it was weird. We told them in advance where the office would be. Um, so I think, you know, it's one of those things we actually hear from our interns usually after the fact, um, that, you know, how much they learned and kind of when you're in a startup environment, you, you see everything. So they would literally be, you know, in the same room as us or in the room right next to us, um, hearing about operations, sales, product development, um, patents, intellectual property. And I think kind of that the chaotic startup environment you know, for the right personality type can be a very exciting one. And it's, it's much different than if, you know, they're going to a large corporate internship and they only kind of see one area of business. So I think one of the most rewarding things for us actually has been interns coming back to us after, you know, they were with us for three or six months and saying, wow, we learned so much from you guys. We had no idea. We, we thought you were a little crazy at the time. <laughs> in hindsight, in hindsight, 
I feel like it was a really great experience for everyone, and that's that's kind of really cool for us to hear. So now, what does your startup environment look like now? I don't want to say startup because you've had you've been in this for a few years now, and you're. I mean, I don't want to say pretty successful. You're very successful. So what does a startup environment look like for you now? The business you know, building it's environment. It's really interesting. We get this question a lot. And every day changes. Um, some days we'll be really corresponding with our overseas offices and manufacturers. And other days we'll be really corresponding and trying to reach out for more sales. So every day is different. But the mantra that Katie and I have kind of adapted is we're very quick. And um, we always adapt very easily to whatever we need to do. So, so we, oh, sorry. So we started um, in Susie's apartment, and now we're in a space. It's like a we have a showroom space, but we share it in New York. It's really difficult to have your own, you know, office or floor in a building. So you know, kind of as you can see here one of the things like technology has really really helped us keep our costs down on that front we really can work from anywhere um, phone calls we're dealing with overseas um, contacts a lot so it's 12 hour time difference so the you know we're not in Susie's apartment anymore but I'd say still a lot of our time a lot of our business is still done on on the phone um, you know so we, I'd say we, we split our time between a showroom, our office desks, and home apartments. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of uh, virtual working. So now, as far I did some research on the both of you, and it sounds like you have you come from a pretty entrepreneurial background, the two of you, yeah. right? So how is your family? Because with this guy, I was just like, why don't you go live at your parents' house? And I know that's <laughs> not totally available for a lot of young female entrepreneurs. You can't just go and back and move back in with your parents. But has your family been a pretty good support for you guys? How have they helped you in building your business? I think personally, my family has been tremendous. My parents have both encouraged me to always go after what um, what I aspire to be. They always said if you were successful at whatever you do, um, you'll be the best. And I feel like no matter what industry it's in, if it's anything from design to manufacturing to finance, they always believe if you're the best in what you do, you'll be successful. And, and I did carry that over into what into the day to day life of what Katie and I do, just making sure that we really execute and do everything correctly. I feel like has really been an inspiration, and having their support has been astronomically um, influential in terms of our company. I mean, both of our parents are entrepreneurial, so my dad and Katie's dad both had businesses albeit very different from what we're doing, but they understand and support the entrepreneurial experience. So I feel like I think we were... that type of culture allowed us and incubated us to really launch our own company and, you know, kind of that you can have an idea from the beginning to the end. And that's something that I think Katie and I both carry with us day to day. And it's yeah. kind of something that So, Katie, would you agree? Is that kind of what how they have how they've uh, supported you? Definitely. Um, I actually think, you know, for me at least, it was kind of expected that I was going to do this. It was just something, you know, entrepreneurship and small business is something I had been interested in since, you know, middle school. Kind of with like very small 
you know, out of the home ventures. Um, but we've we've been very very lucky, and you know, whether it was from our parents, from our schools, you know, I feel like we ha we would not have been able to get as far as we have as quickly as we have if we didn't have those support systems. I feel like a lot of young entrepreneurs, that's not the feedback that they're getting from their parents. Their parents are telling them, you know, stick with the secure, um, the secure paycheck. You can pay your rent. You know, we didn't want to go home, but our parents had told us, you know, it's it's an option. We'd rather you fail young and fail early, and you'll still have learned so much. Um, and you know, our I think the the worst case scenario for us was we were we want we're going to reevaluate six months after launch and see if we you know had to have this as a side gig or if we could really do it full time. So the worst case scenario for us, our parents, like as long as you get your degree you guys can do what you want. Um, we wanted it to be our full-time job, but the worst case scenario at our age and you know, with our parents' support was, okay, if, if anything happens, you go out and you have to get a real job and you do this on the side. And also something too is if you think of like the opportunity cost while you're younger. I mean, Katie and I both are independent, young females who don't have a family cost while we're young is not higher. So I think that's I'm, those are all great points. Now I just watched. Um, funny that you bring up the idea that other people don't have what you've been fortunate to have. And I was watching a Marie Forleo video. And if you guys are on chat, let me know if you follow Marie Forleo. Um, her video was with, and you'll have to the chatters will have to tell me the guy's name. Um, I apologize not for not knowing this off the top of my head, but he has um some kind of website about love, everyday love, and he was on Oprah, and he was saying that uh, his parents didn't like what he was doing, um, and it was a hard thing to detach from what his parents had, ex yeah, M Mastin Kip, is that how I pronounced it? I hope, hopefully I pronounced it correctly. Thank you, Jules. Um, so he was saying that he, it was hard for him to detach from his parents and what they had initially expected of him. And so I hope to do a YFE um, live stream on parents because I partner with my parents in business. And so it'll be interesting to hear um, from different perspectives. But going on to the next headline, um, there's a very interesting little buzz happening in uh, the Mac community. There's the new MacBook Pro that was just released. And if you guys are in the chat right now, let me know if you've seen it, what your thoughts are on it. Um, but around that line, this is a very expensive <laughs> piece of hardware. Um, it retails up above $2,000. Uh, it's been talked about that you, it's unfixable, um, but there is some crazy retina displays, all sorts of fun little gadgets for you tech people out there. Um, um, now, along the same lines with the Apple and all of the fun news that's happening around Mac today, what gadgets do you rely on uh, to build City Slips? I know you were saying that you're a very virtual team. You go between your apartment, your office, your showroom. Are you, are you iPhone girls? Do you spend a lot of money on hardware? I, I have three for me. Um, I'm a huge BlackBerry person because I can type on my actual keyboard. And, um, you know, get emails out ASAP. Katie, the business that Katie and I are in is very, very contingent upon um, communicating with overseas factories. So a lot of that is done through email and done through electronic devices. So having a BlackBerry is very, very, very important for me because I can easily text and communicate with the overseas manufacturers. But Katie... I recently, I recently converted to the iPhone, and it, <laughs> it took me, it took a lot of, uh, 
a lot of convincing. Um, but you know, there's definitely a little bit of a hurdle learning how to use the the keypad. But um, now I love it. It's I just feel like the interface, um, the touchscreen. I've adapted to it now. But um, you know, I think like like you said, it's technology is becoming so like important to you know business, especially entrepreneurship, where a lot of small businesses they're one of their biggest way, one of their ways to differentiate from larger companies is their speed. So kind of having access, it, it's a blessing and a curse, but I think for us it's really an asset. Um, not necessarily, I'm not a huge app person. You know, I, my friends, they have a whole section on their iPhone and it's, it's all these apps, but um, for me, just email, Spotify, that's about it. But uh, <laughs> definitely, I'm definitely officially a convert to, to the iPhone the Apple. I love it now. So I want to remind everyone in chat, uh, <laughs> the producer gives you a thumbs up. We're a very Apple-oriented company here. Um, so uh, for those of you that are in chat, I just want to remind you, if you have any questions for the founders or the creators of Slitty Slips, that you can chat away, and I'll make sure that I bump them over to them. Now, as far as um, Matt goes, as a branding, um, as marketing goes for them, I mean, I've read numerous books that comment on how Apple has created this cult following around them. And City Slips, like I mentioned before at the beginning of this live stream, has been featured on countless publications so you've gotten a lot of free publicity really to market your business but in the lines of Apple what do you think that they're doing right in their marketing and how have you used maybe similar tactics or how have you developed your marketing uh, concept or your marketing strategy around that um you know, it's it's interesting for us, especially because we were on such a uh, shoestring budget. You know, kind of right from the start, um, we really focused on distribution as our marketing. You know, clearly, you know, our, with our age and kind of our networks, Facebook and Twitter, that was a really easy one to figure out. Um, and you know, especially having gone to NYU, we were lucky that we had the contacts from being in New York City for four years you know, before starting the company. And because both of us are pretty entrepreneurial from, from you know, right when we got to school, we had been speaking to entrepreneurs for four years. So being able to kind of go back out to them right after we graduated and when we launched was, was kind of free marketing in itself. Um, NYU was huge for us. They, the uh, professor of the business plan class that we took was the director of the Berkeley Center at NYU. So that was a a great kind of serendipitous situation for us because reporters would constantly reach out to him and ask him, you know, are there any students that might have an interesting story? And when we were launching, it was like mid-recession. So reporters are really looking for a couple of stories that we fit into. One was finance to fashion. Another one was the co-founder dynamic and also starting in the middle of a recession. Um, a lot of like the greatest entrepreneurial companies that are now you know, on Forbes 500 were started in recession. So that was the story that people were looking for. So our marketing was very press driven in the start. And I'd say as we grew, our strategy was, okay, let's just focus on getting as much distribution as we can. We, um, we got on the Today Show. We didn't even actually know that the pro we weren't on there. I, we speak vicariously through our shoes, but we um, <laughs> our shoes our shoes were featured on the Today Show, and we had no idea that it was going to go up. And we ended up getting in touch with the producer afterwards, and we were like, you know, where did you find out about it? And she's like, oh, I picked up a pair for myself at Bliss Spa. So 
we actually kind of focused more on distribution um, before marketing. You know, definitely not a tactic that everyone used, but just financially a tactic we had to use. Um, but it really worked for us. And I think that the business press in the beginning kind of validated the company, and um, we've been able to get some more fashion press, you know, over the, you know, a little bit after launch, um, just based on also we, we launched a higher-end version, which Neiman Marcus picked up, so that really helped with the with the free marketing and the fashion press. I bet. So now you've been talking a lot about press, and Erica V in the chat is asking, what types of offline marketing efforts were the most beneficial? So other than press, what else have you done? I mean, you mentioned distribution as uh, as your main marketing focus. Are there any right. other, like advertising maybe, that you've done? A lot of the things that we have done have been more editorial. Um, we've actually accumulated a large a large list of um, customers, about 10,000 customers, and we use constant constant contacts. Contact. Is a big sorry. <laughs> constant contacts a, a great resource for us, um, especially over the years because we have had some you know pretty good success in driving retail traffic. Um, those emails now allow us to kind of reach back out to people with new opportunities. Um, we have done a little bit of advertising. We did a couple of holiday ads. Um, we did one in New York Magazine, I think, last holiday, and Us Weekly, I want to say. Um, for us, we just didn't feel like they were as effective um, as kind of real word of mouth. We're really, really lucky in regards to who our target consumer is. She tends to be a young professional woman who loves the product and goes on to tell 10 of her friends about the product. So we're kind of really lucky in that sense that it, it seems to be a very viral product. A lot of times we'll have a woman come on, we'll see if she orders a pair, and then we'll see her order you know, four more pairs two weeks later. So she gets them, and it's also the price point is pretty good for making it a gift and an accessory. I know the price point is really good. It's under $25, right? Yes. So our, our bread and butter line is um, basically our, our best selling line is um, a faux leather version that is on our website. It's on um, Macy's and Dillard's. And then our genuine leather line is at Neiman Marcus, and that's $58 retail. Now, Jules is asking, have you ever used any Facebook advertising? I don't think we have, actually. We use Google AdWords, um, and that's that's really primarily what our kind of like monthly budget allocation goes to. Um, we've we've thought about trying Facebook ads. It probably would be very effective for us, but just haven't gotten around to it yet. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm having a not so fun time using Facebook ads. So if you guys have information on how to use Facebook ads, you should put it in the chat. Um, so apparently, apparently, GM wasn't having that much fun with it either. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go on about Facebook. <laughs> Moving into the next um, headline, New York Times came out with a an article uh, titled Nurturing a Baby and a Startup Business. And the whole idea is that they're featuring a few different women. Um, I They talked about Rent the Runway's founder, who's 28, just had a baby. But there's women primarily in their later, their later 30s who are starting these tech companies um, and various different startups while having one to three children. And so with that in mind, 
And you guys, I'll make sure that I have all the links over at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com in the next day too. Um, but with that in mind, are either of you married? Are you dating? And what has, um, how has the idea of relationships and motherhood affected how you're building your business? I think Susie just signed out. I think she's having some internet trouble over there, but I'll, I'll kind of wrap up. Um, we're both dating, um, not married. And, um, you know, I think for the, the right type of person, I guess, woman, it, I feel like women are natural multitaskers. So really depending on, you know, who your significant other is, um, I think you should definitely, as a female dating or married, be with someone who understands how hard you're going to have to work, how passionately you feel about your company, and supports you in that decision. Um, I read somewhere, I want to say it was either a woman executive, maybe at Google or Facebook, and she was saying, you know, one of the important decisions I ever made in regards to my professional career was who I married. And I thought that was a really interesting statement. And she, you know, she was just saying how, you know, we, we switch off. And he knows sometimes I travel for a couple of days, sometimes he has to travel, travel for a couple of days, and you just kind of, with the right person, figure out how to make it work. But um, I loved this article. Loved it. I think I tweeted about it last week, actually. I actually know a couple of the women that were featured, um, Divya Gugani, and we've met the, the ladies that uh, rent the runway. Um, and I think what they're doing is awesome. And I think it's totally possible. At the end of the day, if you're really passionate about something, whether it's your business, your husband, your kids, you're going to find time to get it all done. Um, so I really, I loved, and I loved that it was talked about in New York Times because it's something that's becoming much more important as, you know, there's more female founders out there that are, you know, looking to raise significant money and build significant companies. Now, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook has said multiple times in different, um, different speaking engagements. Was that it her? It might have been, it might have been her. Well, women have, what she says is that women plan for kids um, years ahead of time. I mean, they sit down with her in her office and say, in two years, I'm going to have a child. And they start the planning at that point. Has that hit you saying, thinking, okay, I want to have a kid by this age and I have to have the company at this point. Is that something that you've thought about or is that not even on the plate right now? You're really focusing on building a business. Not, not on my plate yet. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 25 and in Manhattan, um, I think probably my answer will change two years from now, um, but I feel like you know the the women I do know it's it can be done if you want it to be done. Um, I have a I have you know a couple of my friends are having their first kid and it's it's pretty split on who wants to go back to work and who doesn't. And I think it's really an individual decision for everybody. But if that is something that you're you know you're thinking about and you're worried about, it's probably something that is going to impact you. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have the answer for that yet. I, th personally. I think that was a great response um, and definitely some wise words there. Now, as far as um, products go and how you, as you mature and you enter into new life experiences, if that'll affect the way that you uh, create. And now Jessica, who's in the chat, has asked if you're going to be creating, um, and this really doesn't have anything to do with kids necessarily, but are you <laughs> going to be putting together um, a line of sandals that will unroll so you can take them for pedicures and different things like that? We are, actually. We, um, we launched um, a foldable flip-flop in 2010. Um, we did not bring it back for 2011, but we've gotten so much demand that we, or so much feedback on why haven't you brought that back. 
um, that we're probably going to have for next summer. So we're looking to land product back in our warehouse around March. So if you go on cityslips.com, you sign up for our email list, you will definitely be getting an email about that. I'm a flip-flop girl, so I loved that product. Um, it makes total sense to me, whether it's pedicures, the beach, um, anywhere that's warmer more often than New York. Well, and your company is the one that has the rain boots, right? That that yeah. roll down. I, I thought that that's was so actually, smart. That's a brand new product. I think we actually just launched that with Neiman Marcus two weeks ago. Um, I love that product too. When we first got samples to our showroom, I was like, can it please rain so I can walk around the city and test these out? Because really, really it's smart. It's such a bulky item, like a regular rain boot. So, And it comes with a really cute travel bag. So after you use the rain boots, you can fold them up and kind of tuck them away compactly. Now, okay, so going back to the initial question, as you grow older and you have different experiences, are you going to bring that into creating products? How do you decide on where you're going, whether it's sandals or rain boots? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I We actually get a lot of feedback about um, launching a line for kids. And, you know, it was um, it was interesting. So when, we first, when people first started saying that, they were like, you know, that doesn't make too much sense. They're not wearing high heels. But... You know, studies that we've done from the past years have actually shown that a lot of our customers just use these as their regular ballet flats. I think, you know, they buy the product with the intention of these are going to be kind of like my backup shoes. And when they actually receive it, one of the things I think that differentiates us from some others on the market is our construction is pretty solid. I wear them around Manhattan all the time. It's it's not so much a roll-up as a fold. It basically folds in half. I don't know actually if you can see it, but this is the bottom. So there's two soles. So you can wear it indoors and outdoors, and they're pretty sturdy. Um, so I think it was just a lot of moms, basically, or a customer who are like, you know, my daughter wants pear in, in this color and this color. So I definitely, uh, I think that might be something in the in the pipeline. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting because you are starting with younger women who, I mean, they're going to be having kids and going right. into other experiences, so they're going to be requesting things from your brand. I think that's awesome. Right. And I feel like it's cool that we're we're growing with our customers. I feel like a lot of our our customers kind of fall in the same you know twenties to thirties bracket that we do. Um, so it's it's been really cool. Some like one uh, one of our customers reached out um, and sent us an email last week, and she's like, you know, I followed you guys from your senior year of college, which was my senior year of college, and I've been in the city for two years now and kind of tracking your progress and. That's, that's really cool to be able to be selling something and have a brand and a customer that resonates with that is cool. you know, people that are like us. So I have to mention, going back up the chat a little bit, Pat asked, to your earlier point about interns, are you still using interns? And if you are, how many of them are you using? Yes, we love interns. <laughs> um, right now we have two. And, um, you know, we've actually, most of our interns have come from NYU. It's uh, – you know, again, they're just—they've been like a—they've been a huge partner for us. Um, always kind of looking to help us. It's—it's it's a win-win. So, you know, if they're marketing our success, they're basically marketing NYU's success. So they've been—they've been really great in that sense. Um, but, you know, it depends if it's summer or spring or fall. Um, we're actually looking to bring on a couple more interns for the summer, and we found that you know, just with the overall increase in interest in entrepreneurship entrepreneurship, especially female entrepreneurship, you know, this is really something that women and, you know, younger girls are, are looking to learn a little bit more about. Um, and that's really cool for us that they can kind of come in and we really try to be project oriented. Um, one of the things 
we we kind of tell our interns when they start is, you know, there's a difference between a good and a great intern. And a good intern is going to, you know, do all the products that you ask for and do them well and do them correctly. A great intern is gonna, you know, has come to us at the end of the day and said, but did you guys have you guys thought about this marketing opportunity or do you read this blog? I should reach out to them and get a feature scheduled. And I think things like that really stand out in our minds at the end of the day you know we're we're super super busy and as much as we think that we can think of everything we can't and so that's that's been really really cool to to kind of work with you know girls who haven't really started their careers yet but are are going to and kind of have an experience like ours yeah, that well, will help them I've seen that you've gone back to NYU a couple times to do different um conversations or um presentations with uh, classes, is that something you do pretty often? Is mentoring young women? Yeah, and it's it's something I think, you know, I especially love to do. My mom's a teacher, and my dad's an entrepreneur, so kind of that that combination there, I think, strikes a chord in me. I um, am definitely not opposed to possibly, you know, going back and teaching at NYU or a school like NYU in my my second life. Um, but I think just knowing how many people have helped us along the way makes us kind of want to give back a little bit in that sense. And I feel like a lot of, especially young women, they they think they have an idea and it could be an awesome one. They just, they're so overwhelmed by all the things that have to be done that they never start it. So if we can take like a handful of girls and just help them make those first like crucial steps, we're big believers in momentum. So I think just starting sometimes, whether it doesn't always have to be perfect, um, just starting and kind of figuring out things as you go. No, I think, really... I think a lot of women on the chat could agree with that, that starting is half the battle. So, um, yeah, well, Katie, I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. I'm sorry that Susie uh, had to pop off with the internet and everything, and hopefully we'll get to hear more from her at some point. Um, but Definitely. Thank you again for being on. I really appreciate it. And congratulations with all the success. It's It has been really, like I said, I... Actually, I don't know if I said this at the beginning, but I wanted to have you both on as guests for some time now. I've been following the brand, and it is. It's fun to see where you're going and how you grow. Thank you. All right, so everyone that's on the chat, where can we find you after the live stream? Oh, me? I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't phrase that um, very so well. Our, our cities, I didn't know if I was still on. Um, our, our domain and our website is cityslips.com. C-I-T-Y-S-L-I-P-S dot com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. All of those just being backslash city slips. Awesome. So you've been watching Katie and sometimes Susie from City Slips at CitySlips.com. Um, you've been watching the Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream. It happens every week here at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at Ovalay.tv slash live. Next Thursday's guest is Nancy of The Networking Diary. She's the author of it, and she's also the owner of a, um, a hair salon, a sweet tea salon. She's incredible. I love her energy, very positive, and she's going to be sharing seven networking tips with you next week. So definitely make sure that you come back here. If you put your email address in above, we'll send you updates and send you replays and all sorts of fun stuff from ovalid.tv. Otherwise, thank you so much for showing up at the live stream. Hopefully, we'll see you at um, the next one. Have a great week.